A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. The medicine go down. The medicine go down. In the most delightful way. <laughs> I'm the boogeyman, and I'm coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's 10 minutes with the boogeyman. What is going on? Well, you just filmed the TV show. <laughs> I did, yeah. I filmed the documentary. It still amazes me but that uh, people from Quebec, like, they really support their athletes, man. It's fucking cool. They're, like, full-on television network, you know, like, they followed me around for three days. They came to my fight. They came to my house. They came with me to Parksville. Because they kept saying, they're like, yeah, we want to see what your day's like. I was like, well, get ready to fucking roll. They're like, what do you mean? I was like, geez, I keep a pace. And they're like... All right, and I don't think they really knew what to expect. So they kept dividing the time up. They'd send one guy, they'd send another guy. They'd send a, uh, Julie would come check it out for like an hour, but they couldn't all keep pace with me all day. <laughs> well, how many people did they have there? Uh, they had three. Mm. So, so they had Rajan Tremblay, who's like one of the most respected writers in uh, Quebec. He writes movies. He writes TV shows. He. Um, what else does he do? Yeah, he writes for the paper, sports, he wrote crime, like, he's very well respected. He's a cool guy to talk to, he's been around forever, like, he knows everybody, like, covered all the, the famous Formula One drivers, all the hockey guys, like, Celine Dion, like, they're, they're going off, so I learned a lot about Quebec on, on our travels. That's cool, because we did get to meet them at the, at the fight. Yeah, they're pretty sweet, right? Yeah, they're fun, they're, I got a kick out of them, I thought they were hilarious. Yeah, so they were, I thought they were cool as fuck. They were very interested in the boogie child. Oh, what did they say? What, what were they asking? Well, I needed to give them a release to put her in the show. Oh, <laughs> I guess so, right? How old is she now? She's eight. Oh, great. She's getting old. <laughs> she is getting old. She's not quite eight she's yet. Real, she's still seven. Yeah, but. she will sign off on that stuff on her own. Yeah, so they were very interested in her, and oh. then uh, they they seem very impartial. Like they're good at their job. They are because they they kept they actually kept saying that too, because um, they're just like, look, like we really like you, but we like Simon, so we're gonna try to be like as neutral as we can. You know, this is our job. We can't really say too much negative stuff here and there. And, Mm. Yeah, they, they they did. They were they were pretty cool, right? So they, they got to know me, and they saw I'm not a crazy person. I think everybody in Quebec thinks I'm fucking crazy, but I'm not. One hundred percent. And uh, uh, maybe I am. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, no, they're 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 pretty cool, right? They gave me some insight into what's going on over there. They gave me all the gossip. That's the best part. Well, I know that they're going to be listening to the show today, and uh, I'm going to tell them right now that they're not going to have as much fun with Simon filming his portion as they did when they filmed The Boogeyman. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. They uh, uh, Well, they already filmed him a little bit, actually, in England. 
Mm. They flew over to England and they, they did a little documentary on him. So I think they kind of know what to expect. But no, we had a, we had a blast. So just for everybody, the, they're going to know Adam's portion of the show is going to be called the Boogeyman, which is going to be good. And Simon doesn't yeah. even get a portion named after him. They're just calling it the the Road to Shawinigan. Yeah, Shawinigan. Yeah. 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 Well, I think they're going to actually do another one, maybe with the clips that they have, and do like a combined documentary next month. I'm not sure. I kind of misunderstood. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I thought I actually thought they were coming back to do to feel more training and stuff, but I guess they got kind of what they need. That's cool that that happened. I like it. Yeah, you know, it's, it's good to get behind guys. Or, you know, people in Canada, um, you know, they follow hockey, but holy fuck, are hockey guys boring? Like, I don't know how they do that. Yeah. Because, you know, like, you talk about the driest, most corporate washdown dudes. Like, that's what you get. Like, literally, I think you probably just copy and paste every post-game interview of the last 10 years and pretty much the same thing you know I was like oh right on you know we gotta you know the front line's gonna push hard and uh you know uh we went out there we gave it our all it's just like holy fuck man and it's like you know like you step into the boogeyman world you're gonna shake shit up a little bit <laughs> so before we talk about the fight that you just had I wanna take you into a little bit of a time machine on the show yeah let's do it time machine time time so- machine where are, we, where are we going? Your first appearance on the Spice Life podcast was episode 34. I have no idea. I don't even remember. It was a very long time ago. and Because yeah. uh, this is episode 159. Fuck, we've been doing this for how many weeks is that? For It's over a year, man. Like, well Jeez. over a year. And then the first episode of 10 Minutes with the Boogeyman was episode 42. Yeah, that's 120 weeks. Yeah. That's almost that's almost two years. Yeah. Damn. Right on. Fuck, we got to know each other pretty good over this time. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we should have like an anniversary party or something. We should. The one year anniversary. Well, I guess it would be past the one year anniversary already. Yeah. Well, we'll do it. We'll party in Shawnigan. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about the fight that just went down on the 28th. Yeah, that guy was fucking tough. Rock. He, I, uh, he was tough. You know what? I was actually really impressed with him. He, uh, to be all honest with you, I was kind of spending more time getting ready for Simon, and uh, you know, it uh, it put me a step behind, which is we kind of anticipated that. You know, like uh, we we knew what this guy had to offer. Him and Piaz were pretty much the same guy. This guy, I think, was a little bit younger, a little bit hungrier, um, and. Uh, he was, he was slick, but I was hesitating, right? I made him look a little bit better than he was, I think, which is which is fine. I needed the rounds. I needed the experience. And uh, after the fight, I was kind of mad at myself. And, you know, Rich was like, why are you mad? He's like, that was a great learning experience. No matter what happened, he goes, what? You had a great knockout. You didn't take any damage. And he goes, you know, you're healthy. And now we get ready to fight Simon. We got four good hard rounds, right? So, yeah. Well, so, like... I think most people thought you were going to mow through him pretty quickly due to his uh, his stature. Yeah. But uh, he was a tough guy. I Like I said on the Tuesday episode, I thought you shined him up a little bit better than he was. Well, yeah, and he, you know, he slick, right? He, he used what he had, right? Like, he didn't, he didn't really mount, like, a, you know, a dangerous offense, although he did hit me more than pretty much my last five fights combined, I think. Yes. And, uh... 
you know, he uh, he did what he tried to do. He was trying to tire me out, trying to make me miss. And, you know, I'm stupid. Like, the more I miss, the harder I try to punch. And, uh, you know, I should have gone to the body more. But, uh, but you know, I, I, I was happy. And it was a great show. The people of Edmonton were, like, super receptive. Like, everybody was coming up. We were signing autographs, taking pictures. And, you know, I think people, people got excited about the fights again, which I think is the best part of that whole thing. Yeah. Well, the, the other bonus to it is now we don't have to wait anymore for Simon. No, thank God, right? Like, uh, you posted a meme today, and I was just like, holy fuck, I've been making memes for like a year now. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the lead-up for this fight's been well over a year at this point. Yeah, and then he's, like, trying to recycle my fucking jokes and my threats and my bets, and, like, I, I'm like, man, like, be original. Like, he tried to bet me 20 grand, and I was like, dude, I already tried to bet you, like, a year ago. Last summer, literally, last summer, I made him a bet, and I just said, bet me your house. Bet me your car, bet me your entire purse, okay? Bet me your fucking entire purse and everything in your bank account. I was like, man, we're going to play for keeps. Let's play for keeps, man. <laughs> and uh, he declined. So then he comes at me with like a lesser bet. Like that's somehow supposed to get, get in my head and intimidate me. It's like, dude, I already called you on your bullshit. I said, let's bet. Let's bet the house, man. I don't give a fuck about money. I was like, let's go, you know? And, uh... He declined and nobody talked about it. And then he comes out and he's like, Well, I'll bet you 20 grand. It's like, Well, no, like, tell me how much you're making. Well, that person's too. I guarantee you're making a lot more than I am. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, he, he doesn't want to do it because he's not like me. Like, you won't sell out. That's why I'm going to beat him, right? And you won't, you know, like, hey, I was talking to Manny Montreal about this. Like, you know, it's like, I don't save any energy for the swim back. If you and I are going to have a race out in the middle of the ocean, I'm not going to save any energy to swim back. You know, like, I'm going to win that race and I'm going to drown trying. And like him, but like you can tell by his language, like he, he plays everything safe. Like obviously he can afford twenty grand. I can't. I go all or nothing. That's it. Well, I did put on there that I would I would put the twenty grand up. Now I feel that I don't even need to have it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No. Well, he didn't even respond. He's an idiot. No, it, it was crickets. You know. Crickets online. Yeah, and it's just like he does all that, and then he's like, he doesn't like follow up on it. It's like, dude, like when I say stuff, like I'm, I'm serious, right? Like everybody asks, they're like, oh, do you hate Simon? Do you hate this? I said, well, yeah. I go, I don't know him, but yeah, of course I. Am. I got, he's got what I want. I got no other choice. You know, like if I, if I want to continue on, it's not like, uh, you know, a career in, in you know, in, in some like whatever television, like whatever it is, the corporate world, where you're just like. Oh, you know, I'll just kind of wait this out. You know, like, I'll wait for my opportunity. I'll get a promotion if I just do my job. Like, no, man. Like, if I want a promotion, I got to go fucking whoop someone's ass. You know, and I got to go beat the dude ahead of me. And it's like, yeah, I hate that dude because, you know, he's got what I want. You know, I got to I gotta be able to eat. Like, this is the first time in my life where I'm not going into debt. You know, fighting. Like, this is a, I'm just able to break even now and save a little bit. Because I got to pay for all my own training camps. So I'm sitting there listening this guy, this guy gets a fucking salary. You guys are getting Rolexes. I'm like, wow, must be nice. I want to know what that's like. And if I'm going to beat your ass to do it, I'm going to fucking do it. Well, the reason I brought up the time machine, because episode 42, on the yeah. first 10 minutes with the boogeyman, you know what we talked about? Time machine. Yes. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Do a sound clip or anything? <laughs> <laughs> I could probably put like put a sound clip in here. We well, we talked about Simon Keen, how the how you wanted that fight, Dylan Carmen. 
Yeah, fuck Don Carney. He fell off the face of the earth. He's fighting some guy ranked at 500 in the world or something. Yeah, terrible fight. And uh, uh, you you called out Chris Norad on that show as well. Yeah, fuck Chris Norad, man. He's hiding. Fucking <laughs> like beat his ass after this fight. Fuck. So we've literally got six weeks to Shawnigan. Yeah, that's why I'm driving to go train right now. I have to get ready. Yeah, six weeks, which is going to be the quickest turnaround that I think we've seen each other for fights. Well, quickest turnaround for what fight? That we've we've seen each other for fights. Like you, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I've seen you since December. Yeah, I fought Montre- Montreal, and then yeah, and then right back to Edmonton. Yeah, it's, yeah, I guess we, we're usually a few months apart, but this one's only two. We're we're styling. This is good. I like it. So we're getting a house when we go there, Luke and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tickets are selling quick and so are apartments and stuff. I heard there's some uh, B&B, uh, Airbnbs that are available. Yes, that's what we got, Airbnb. Yeah, nice. Oh, so you guys booked it already. Oh, yeah, we're on top of things. We're not, we, we, uh, I don't want to be sleeping outside when I get there in a tent. That would suck. No, no, definitely not. But... It's very exciting. I, I think the build-up to this fight is probably going to be uh, be fairly big. Well, there's going to be a lot of emotion. I don't think people realize, like, the amount of build-up in this. Like, here's the thing. This is this is not a mismatch. No. This is, this is an Olympic boxer with, you know, 10 times more fights than I do. Uh, versus, you know, like, the... The tough guy, right? The underdog. I'm fucking Rocky, and you know he's Dolph Lunger or Ivan Drago or whatever the fuck you want to call it. But really, I'm Ivan Drago. But you know, uh, it's 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 a matter. We're gonna we have the exact same number of fights. I'm gonna bug him too because our our records are gonna be the same after we fight. I'm gonna be 14 and one, and so is he. <laughs> and uh, that'll be that. But uh, this is like uh, we're he's six five, six six. I'm six five. 250, he's 250, 245, like, we're, we're pretty much identical, other than he's got a little bit better pedigree, and I'm a lot fucking tougher. The, the, I think the, what, what the fight's gonna come down to is heart. Yeah, it's gonna have to, like, every, see, here's the thing, I don't underestimate him at all. I think he underestimates my boxing. I don't underestimate his heart or his grip. I'm going to assume that he's going to fight for his life because this is a make-or-break fight for both of us, right? Like, this this establishes both of us in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. And so, you know, like, I assume that he is going to fight very hard, and I'm going to have to outwill him, and that's, where, that's the place where I like to be. Well, this is the biggest heavyweight fight in, that I can remember, except for maybe the Ken Lacusta fight that happened. I can't remember who he fought now. George Foreman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ken Lacusta, yeah. And even that, though, like, that's a bit of a mismatch in some ways, right? Like, Ken put up a really good fight. This is an even fight, so people are like, what the fuck's going to happen, right? And uh, I think that's pretty cool. They were talking about, uh, they had a fight in Quebec. It was um, Battle of the Titans or something like that. They called it something to do with the Titans. There was two local guys, identical size, both tough guys, and they ended up fighting there, and people were sitting in the rafters at the same stadium. So there's a lot of history in Sean, uh, shall we? I think they, they pronounce it shall we? Julie, if, I, if I'm right, send me a deck. Um, <laughs> it's uh, in Shawnigan that uh, that goes back a long time. Like, this is a fighting province. 
people take their shit very seriously. And so this is, you know, like this, this shows like, uh, you know, people are going to be hanging out of the Raptors. 100%. I feel like your your training camp is going to be uh, taken to the next level this time, too. Yeah, fucking Rich is talking about some bullshit. Like, I got to run before he goes to work. And I'm like, dude, you're at work at like 6 o'clock. He's like, yeah. I'm like, so you're going to come watch me run around the track? He's like, yeah. I'm like, fuck it. Oh, shit. So you're going to have to go at like 5. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be my life. That doesn't sound exciting. I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start looking at masseuses or whatever, and acupuncture and freaking Parksville. Like, this whole, this whole, this whole training camp is going to be, not going to be easy. But, you know what, it's going to be fun. Well, I'm excited for it. I can't wait. Well, what I want to talk to you about now is, uh, we were missing a teammate in Edmonton, and that was Dario Berdician. Yeah, how about his panic text messages? I love that. Did you, are you, I sent you that. That was insane. Oh, that was amazing. I love that. I was three minutes late. Ha! Just, like, I'm not yeah, well, you, it shows like, how much he appreciates the uh, podcast, right? He takes it quite seriously, obviously. He ta- he's never late. He's always early. He takes it very seriously. And, and gets very upset if I'm late. I like that. Hey, somebody's got to give me trouble. Fucking right, Because, unfortunately, Luke the vegan can't. Yeah, well, you know, Luke, he's hard to trot right now, you know. You see a lot of pep in his step, right? He's got, he's got some good things going on, and, you know, he forgot about the podcast. He did forget about the podcast. We didn't see him very much at KO Boxing. No, he's got more, he, he, I think he was out shopping for purses or something. <laughs> Is it, we didn't actually see each other all that much. We had breakfast. What else did we do? Yeah, no, yeah. Well, we we come with the fam jam. I understand you gotta kind of be on your best behavior. Yeah, and, I can't. Uh, you, know, you can't be running around with me causing shenanigans. But I was on my best behavior this trip too. You were. You were locked in your room, and you had to give your phone away like twenty four hours before the fight. Yeah, hundred percent. I seen the Instagram post that your phone was leaving, so I was like, "Well, I'm not even gonna bother texting him. I'll see him at the fight card." Yeah, I was just kind of like, sorry guys, like, you know, I got to focus, so, that, that's the big part of it, right, you look at guys, you know, like, their personal lives can, can fuck them up, so I don't have a personal life, so, I was just like, here, take my phone, Rich, and he was like, good idea, so, stay out of trouble, you know, I just read my book, watched my iPad, went to sleep, Yes. you know, I, uh, uh, I felt good, I felt focused, right, so I think uh, we're going to go on the same protocol for Simon. And, uh, yeah, that'll be that. So I think for the next Edmonton show, because I, I believe that you will be going in September um, it, for KO Boxing. I think that's a, I think that's probably going to be a thing. Um, I'm going to change something about my look when I show up because I got mistaken for you more times than I, than I liked. I, well, let's not get drastic. Like, you're not going to do anything drastic like it. Maybe shave like one eyebrow off or something. <laughs> That'd be good. Yeah, I do have well manicured eyebrows. That would be quite nice. Yeah, that would be. But uh, yeah, I, I walked into the press conference and people were shaking my hand and saying hello, Mr. Braidwood, and I was like, well, I'm not here. Right. I'm not here. I like that. I feel the the old switcheroo there. You know, we gotta look over there. I was gonna. Yeah, 
I was gonna see like if you would sit in the back and I would just go sit in your seat and the people that would that know us would know the difference obviously but everybody else wouldn't I would love you to do the press conference for me how fun would that be I think it'd be fucking fantastic <laughs> that'd be great or, or people think that we're related people what or people think that we're related Oh yeah, that's standard. That's fine though. We we kind of embrace well, that. I think they would they would think that anyway, just based on our personalities. Yeah, we're kind of a lot alike, I guess. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, whatever. Fantastic yeah, beards. The, the beards is what does it, obviously. Yeah, the beard is you know classic deception, right? Yeah. So in episode forty-two, this is why I'm doing the flashback. Yeah. We uh, we discussed beards on that show and how I unfriended you and deleted your phone number when you what shaved your beard. <laughs> Just uh, like how I unfriended you and deleted your phone number when you shaved your beard. Oh, I, oh when I shaved my beard. You that. Yeah. <laughs> we, we couldn't be friends after that anymore. But then uh, you grew it back. Yeah. yeah, I grew it back like the next week. Yeah. And then we're, we're all know, good I, again. That was hard. My boss came in. He said, hey, you're taking this course. I'm sorry. You got to shave your beard. And I almost quit. What course? Uh, I had to wear, like, um, a face shield or whatever, like one of those respirators for uh, uh, abatement. So I was uh, removing asbestos from the construction site. Thank fuck you don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, it's not that fun. No. So, so, when you went right back home, did you get right back into Studio 4 and start doing your, your personal training again? Yeah. Yeah, I got up at 5. Uh, well, I got home at 5 on Sunday. I slept for an hour. Like, I, didn't, I don't sleep after my fights. Like, an hour or two if I'm lucky. Um, we got up. We flew. Flew back. We had to check out the hotel at 11. I think, yeah, I went to bed at about 4. I got up at, like, 8. Jeez. And then uh, just kind of like laid in bed for an hour or two. And then uh, Rich and I went, went, to the, went to the airport early because we had to fly out. We had to be there at 1 to fly out at 2. Got back to my house about 4, went and bought groceries, did my laundry, unpacked everything, slept for about an hour. And I was wide awake all night. Uh, got up at 5. Had about two, uh, had a group in the morning, had about 6 or 7 clients. And I, uh, we had to film the documentary and then we drove up to Parksville. I trained, drove back, got up the next morning, which is, yeah, yesterday. I trained people all day, worked, um, then went to Vancouver first thing in the afternoon, interviewed with my parents, and, uh, yeah, came right back. And then, fuck, I, I think we got back around seven or eight. I did, got all my food ready and then. Went to sleep, got up today, did the exact same thing. Now I'm going to Marshall. Jeez. Fucking busy. Yeah, I don't really sleep or anything. Did you see Brian Caldwell's meme that he dropped today? That was actually impressed. But then he screwed it up. Then he was wearing that fucking Darth Vader mask and his white sunglasses. <laughs> and Uncle Ron had it. I was like, man, this is what happens when you don't supervise your kid. <laughs> Uh, just, I was like, how did you get this whole ensemble on so quickly? It was just like, I should understand like where it all came from. I was like, man, it's like an aggressive look. Are you, are you really committed to this fucking look? 
Yeah, if Brian does something, he goes full bore. Oh, yeah. Two, two feet deep. But, so, when's the move to... Are, are you actually going to move to Parksville for this camp? Yeah, I'm going to try to get up there uh, May 14th. Oh, that's pretty soon, then. Yeah, we're looking... I'm looking for an apartment or Airbnb right now. I'm just trying to get something lined up uh, for a month, give it a shot, and then see how this fight goes. I'm going to just take it from there. So you would stay up there for basically, like, four weeks? Yeah, about a month, yeah. That's not bad. Uh, at least... fly out early, and we're going to be at an undisclosed location, uh, training in, uh, back. Yes, I, I did hear that today, that you will be flying out fairly early. Uh, oh. We're, uh... We're, 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 we will be receiving your itinerary from, uh, from Coach Rich. Okay. And wherever you will be, we'll be in that town. Sweet. Well, we're, we're pretty much booking Airbnbs wherever wherever it's going to be fitting that we can be. Perfect. But what the fuck are you going through right now? What's that? I said, what are you going through right now? Like some major construction? Yeah, we have some construction going on here. They're, they're adding on the Oh, that's probably a good idea. Yeah, it's getting all backed up. Well, we can get out of here for today, but uh, do you want to do you want to shout out your sponsors? Yeah, we got Buds and Leaves, the homies. Uh, we got Smile, uh, Liquid Vape. Uh, I got T-Run Flying Tackle. I got Game Ready Fitness. We got Reflex Supplements. I got Rival. That's huh? Rival Boxing. Yeah, we have Rival Boxing, we have Eye of the Tiger, Sports Management, KO Boxing. We the crew and everybody. Well, that's 10 minutes with the Boogeyman. This is Jelena Marjanovic, eight-time world champion, and you are listening to the Spice of Life podcast. Welcome to the Spice of Life podcast, featuring Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer, two talented fighters discussing life, fighting, work, family, balance, and everything in between. Tune in weekly for your fill of laughs. Now, here's your hosts, Tanner Wilshaw and Luke Spicer. All right, guys, welcome back to the Spice of Life podcast. Today, the podcast is brought to you by Buds and Leaves. Buds and Leaves is a full-service licensed dispensary in Vic West, and they help athletes and patients of all types get the the care they need. We got the I left all my other shit in the other room, so we're just gonna do smile the smile spray today. But we can also talk about the Buddha stick. But uh, the smile spray is a discreet CBD extract spray that you can spray in your mouth on the street in your bedroom while you're doing it with your wife or your girlfriend. Don't matter. But you can you can use this stuff whenever you want. It has got 125 milligrams of CBD mist in a 10 milliliter bottle. It's a fantastic product. I like it. We're actually going to get the Duke on it here pretty soon because I think he needs it because he's been acting like a cunt lately. Oh wow! Ouch. I thought it was being pretty good, but then I I, I actually um, Adeline sent me a message because apparently I wasn't nice about the penis thing that I got, but. You know, then I said, "Hey, come on! What'd you expect from me, Alan? I know you're gonna hear this one too, but you sent me a flute that's shaped like a penis, and I played it, and everybody made fun of me. It was a hilarious joke, but I mean, come on! Like, you know, so she's funny. She's 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 a good lady. I know she does a lot of stuff. She did bring a lot of stuff back. She gave me shit because she said we didn't even talk about the rest of the stuff. I was like, 
Nobody told me about the rest of the stuff either. They just handed me a big dick <laughs> and said, play this. So that's what I did. Well, Adeline, um, Adeline did give me a sombrero right from the Mexicans. So we like that. She also brought the boogie child back a very nice dress and uh, gave her a lot we of talked color. talked about that. Did we? Well, then what the fuck yeah. is she talking about? I don't know. And then she said, you didn't say why you got the sombrero or why Adam got the Mexican dagger or anything like that. So she was... She's a little upset with that. Because so. I want to wear it to the animal sacrifices that we're going to make with that dagger. Just... Oh, is that? Oh. And I'm a vegan. Is that what that is? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfuckers. <laughs> That's funny. Um, also, the podcast. Alan, you can't be giving oh. me a dick and not expect to not get me to say something about the show. So that that's all that is. And uh, But we all love you at the Spice Life podcast. You know that. You know what? Uh, Daniel Redfern's going to have a heyday with this now because you just said that Adeline gave you the dick. I didn't say the dick. I said a dick. <laughs> Doesn't matter. The, ah, uh, you still got a dick. Whatever. You know what? If you guys are uh, done listening to these guys roast me all the time, you can also go to audible.com forward slash spice and pick up an audio book and uh, listen to that. <laughs> spice Life Podcast is going to give you two free ebooks. <laughs> And uh, Spice Life Pod- Spice Life Podcast give you two free ebooks, and uh, Audible.com gives you one month trial. So, do but that. but if you guys want to continue to hear us roast Luke with full clarity, go to your local Best Buy and pick up a pair of Monster headphones. I'm using the Clarities. The Duke's using the big gold ones that are. Who's the? F- we got to find out who the soccer player is because this is getting retarded. It's Renato, man. Is it Ronaldo? Mm-hmm. Who's Renato? I don't know. I'm just kidding. Huh? I don't even think that's Renato. a soccer player. Hey? Renato? Is that even a soccer player? Renato? No, I was thinking of something totally different. I looked at a picture. Never mind. I'll tell you something different later. Off air. <laughs> oh, God. Ronaldo. Ronaldo. It wasn't, I don't know who it is. You got to figure it out. I don't fucking watch soccer, man. Soccer players are pussies. Today we got real people on the show. <laughs> You better talk to the boogie child about calling soccer players pussies then. Well, she's a soccer player. She is. We bought her soccer shorts. She's different, though. She's not a soccer player. She's a girl that plays soccer that's a badass ass kicker. There's a big difference. There is a big difference. You know what difference. I'm talking about. Pro soccer players running around pretending they're hurt. Today on the show, we got Kevin Ross. That motherfucker walks around and pretends he's fine when he's bleeding all over the place. So Correct. You know, that's, you know, that's where that was coming from. You know who an actual badass soccer player was? That fucking crazy guy from the UK that would like beat everybody up and fucking stab him and Vinny yeah, Jones. I don't remember. Vinny Jones. Yeah, there you go. Vinny Jones. Did you is... see? Did, did you see Vinny Jones's um, um fitness <laughs> uh fitness program that, that, that was a video floating around on YouTube? It's the Vinny Jones Fitness. And then he's like, if you're if you're fat and out of shape and you need to get in shape, get the Vinny Jones Fitness program. And then this guy's like, yeah, I've lost a hundred pounds. By being on the Vinnie Jones diet, and then you see Vinnie creeping through the the bushes behind the guy, and then he's like, "Hey, motherfucker, you better start running." And then he's like, "No, Vinnie, no, the contract's over." And then Vinnie just starts <laughs> pounding the shit out of him. So the idea is, is that he chases you, and when he catches you, he beats your ass. So you got to keep running till till you outrun him or you know lose the weight. And one guy's got a sling on, and he's in a boardroom, and then Vinnie beats his ass too. It was pretty good. That's funny, so. but. We got a we got a fight to talk about, uh, but before we get to that, maybe let's do socks of the week. Well, this weekend uh, I'm going bowling 
with one to one. Pat's got a big uh, big bowling party for a bunch of their their clients, and so I'm gonna take the kids on Saturday. So I went and got these um, these stance socks that got a pretty design on them. I feel those are those are straight up bowling quality. I'm gonna hike these bitches up to my knees and and go bowling on Saturday. Looks like Mexican print to me, Luke. <laughs> kind of, yeah. yeah. Well, Mexican bowling stance socks—they're the best socks on the planet. I think. I think the. I think the Duke might agree with me at this point right now. I'm gonna give these ones a whirl and make sure. But as of last week, they were pretty. Uh, they're pretty stellar. So I've got stance socks again this week. Mine have skulls, coconut drinks, and pineapples on them. I thought these were fun. Nice. You enjoy these, Luke? Those are good. Those are cool. Stance socks. Um, I wear them at the gym, like in in my boxing boots, but I find my feet don't sweat as much. Well, that's what I mean. They were very like because they're they're sports socks, so they're more absorbent than a you know regular. Like I mean, at the gym, but I mean, I wear them with my dress shoes. I wore them at the fights the other night for KO boxing, and I just my feet felt great at the end of the night. Where normally they're st- like pull them out, and I'm like, oh, they just feel gross. But yeah, yeah, they felt way better. So. Oh, Dario Berdistian just replied to your you middle fingering Simon Keen. Mm. That was a, that was a great. I enjoyed that post. Figured um, you would. That was fun. I I did enjoy that one. The other one before that one was pretty good too. Uh, what the fuck was it? Oh, you reshared my I'm the bad guy in everyone's or <laughs> I'm the bad guy in everyone's story. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. Coming for you, Simon. Yes, fuck you, Simon, you dick. All right, let's let's talk about this fight. You watched it this morning, and I watched it this morning. The Daniel Jacobs fight. Yeah, what was the other guy's name? I I said it like a million uh, times. Ah man, and I you know what? And I had said it too because I, they they actually made a comment on the broadcast about how to say his name. Yeah, and um and then so just give me a second because I know if I see it one more time, I will be able to. Uh, oh no, not 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 that one, Jacobs. So I didn't um, know I didn't know who the guy was, but he was real as fuck. Yeah, twenty six and zero. Yeah, he was a junior middleweight, so he came up a came up a weight class. I was gonna say, and you could tell that because he he was uh, he was significantly he was significantly smaller. Like you could just you could just see it. Yeah, I thought it was just frame wise, he was smaller. Like he was actually he, taller and had a longer reach. But he didn't have the he didn't have the punching power. Like I mean, with twenty six wins, um, undefeated, twenty six and uh, and oh, he only had seven seven knockouts. Yeah, you no, know? he so, didn't have the power. No, no power. Like if if Danny Jacobs had fought that same fight against like a triple G type, that fight would have been over in the in the in the seventh round. So um, I think they called him. <laughs> Spell it. I thought it said magic. Well, it's, well, the first name is M A C I E G J, but um, but his last name is Soleski. No, spell it. S U L E C K I. S U L E C K I. I forget how they said it, but we'll just call him Soleski. I know it's wrong, but that's fine. Why don't you? Listen What's his to nickname? What's his nickname? Don't know. Oh, okay, well, we're just going to call him the guy from Poland. The guy from Poland? I'm sure it's Szelewski. Szelewski. Yes, that Szelewski. sounds right. 
Yeah, Selesky. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, the fight started off great for Selesky. He he won the first round hands down. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And I think everybody else said that too. Even uh, even Letterman had said that. But yeah, he definitely did. He seemed to push the pace. I was like, okay, well, this is interesting. Did you know that Daniel had won that fight before he watched it? Obviously. No. Oh, he didn't. No. Neither did I. So it was interesting to watch it. I didn't look. I just wanted to see who what had happened. And yeah, like in my own brain. I knew he won the fight because it's Daniel Jacobs. Like, he's top five in his weight division. And that guy was coming up weight class. I was like, well, he's going to win the fight. And it's mm-hmm. in fucking Brooklyn. So, either either which way. Um, yeah, the first round was great for Seleski. Then the next two, three, four, five, and six, I thought the fight was going to be over. Because Danny Jacobs ran a clinic in those rounds. Yeah, but and, and he was hitting him. You know, he's hitting him hard too, and that was the thing that that man could take a punch. You know, like uh, he he tagged him quite a few, but he always recovered well. Um, and I thought that yeah, Daniel was really pushing the pace in those rounds. Uh, it was really interesting to listen to Daniel's corner between rounds on the rounds that, like every other round they yeah. would show him. But when his coach told him, I think it was in the fifth before the fifth or sixth round, he started telling him, "I want you to start using your power jab." And really start cracking him. He doesn't like it when you when you come forward. He's backing up. He's not punching you, and he's backing up. And he started to do that, and that's when I felt like the the pace really turned around. And the only rounds that 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 uh, the other guy won was when um, Daniel wasn't continuing to push the pace. Like yes. uh, you know, he was starting to back up a little bit more. The guy took the center of the ring a few times, and and was you know. Taking well, it to him. Yeah, like two, three, four, five, six. They were Daniel's rounds. But uh, but the Polish guy was still in. Like, he was never out of the fight. But what I was taking into mind was the accumulative of shots that he was. he was Because he was taking hard shots. And you and I both know, when you take hard shots over and over and over again, those accumulate on your brain. Uh, then round seven, and that little bastard came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Which was and started uh, started throwing a lot more, yeah, and it started moving a lot more. That that was the biggest thing, right? Is he was he he just really started to to I don't know, like anytime you find those Eastern Bloc guys, you know, like all all those guys from over there, they're just they're just built different, you know, they're, they're mentally they're different, and they just they they got no give in them, which is pretty yeah. cool, but they're not used to that, you know. Um, Sometimes the pace that a lot of the American fighters bring to the thing, they want to be exciting. They're not technically like, and they they had said that too. The announcers, right? Like he was he was a very technical boxer. Yeah. The 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 Polish guy, and um, you could see that. But then when he started getting tagged, it wasn't it wasn't the same thing. I don't know if you watched like the prelude to the fight where they were explaining Shalewski's background. So like for the first part of his career he was in he was fighting overseas right where he was getting all the decisions and being a slick boxer. Now he trains in America. So he's an American trained fighter now, but the the gyms in America are a little different. Like if you go in there you got you got to fight. Mm-hmm. And uh that's when he started not his he, that's when he got his seven knockouts. Was when he came was over to tr- to train in America. Um realistically like uh, Power is a power is a gift that not everybody has. Now that guy was a slick boxer. He was good. He's definitely top five in his junior middleweight division. I one hundred percent believe that. Now, do I think he can hang at middleweight? One hundred percent. He's just gotta. He's just gotta train the, that power a little bit. 
But where did we leave off? Round seven where Shaleski won that round. Eight, Jacobs came back, and a nine and ten I gave to Shaleski. Because uh, Daniel got a little bit silly in between seven and ten. Yeah, with, with I, what I he was doing, too. he got a little bit silly. I, he might have just hit a little bit of a funk, or maybe got discouraged a little bit because he was taking those power punches. But uh, the the body work that that when Daniel threw the body shots, they they were taking a toll. They they were, and then and then to come out for round twelve, I mean, it was already in the bag. He already won the fight. Yeah. You know, at this point, like I strongly believe that the other guy had to, you know, essentially knock him out to win, and he and he and he came for that, but in in doing so, he got caught, he got dropped. What an amazing and, punch! Yeah, nasty right right hook. It's a short. It was a right, it, was a, it was a right straight hook thing, but it was it was perfectly timed because he the the Shaleski was throwing a, a a right hand himself. Yeah, and he slipped it and did that did that overhand. Yeah. Pop. Right hook, hit him right in the jaw, and folded him good. When he first, the way he went down, I was like, he ain't getting up. But then, I mean, he, he recovered right away. It was like he woke up just, but just the way he got tagged was like, good night. And then, uh, but then he got up, and I mean, he just brought the pace right back. It was almost like it never <clears throat> happened. Yeah, like he didn't even stay down for a three count. I don't think. Oh, he just he hit the canvas. I thought it was over, and he got right back up. And then he was like holding his arms out, standing on one foot. I'm pretty sure I'm almost positive he was standing on one foot. To show, Thought he had a sobriety test. Yeah, <laughs> fucking guy. Just to show the referee that he wasn't hurt. This guy's yeah, tough as shit. Cool. I'm a fan of Shaleski now. Actually, like if I see a fight with him, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I also thought. I mean, it's pretty. It was pretty clear, right? At the end of the fight, bell goes. Daniel's got his hands up. Yeah, Shaleski just walks to the corner. He's clapping as they read into the decision. You know, there was no no surprise. Everybody knew that he won, and and you know, onto the onto the next one. Well, he's he's the mandatory challenger for the WBA or WBO title now. So I don't know who holds that. Not too sure. Like like Jacobs, one of his losses was to somebody I can't remember who, but then his other loss was to Triple G, right? So yeah. so I got the two. So it'll be a matter of time before they probably throw down again. Well, in that weight class, they got uh, Billy Joe Saunders, Triple G. Like, there's a there's a murderer's row. The top five is crazy. But that's true. I Triple don't, G fights this weekend too. Yeah, we're, we'll be watching that fight. It's uh, it's a fight that I hope Triple G doesn't take lightly. He sh- realistically he should mark that guy. But completely. I'm just I'm glad to see that he got a fight when Canelo decided he was going to eat clambuterol meat. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't his fault that the Mexican meat was tainted. There's also um, another fight this weekend that we should watch, and I believe it will be on Dazen.com, and that's Tony Bello versus uh, David Hay. That's a rematch. That would be a good fight because they they do not like each other. So, and also, did you hear that Mayweather's 50 and 0 record has officially been tied? Yep. By Shea uh, Pole. Moonstreet? He's a Thai guy. How do you say his name? I have no idea how to say his name. But the, the icing on the cake for that was that they gave his trainer a WBC trainer's belt. Oh, yeah? It's the first one. So, like, that guy got the 50-0, and 0, and they gave his trainer a belt. But now we've got Floyd Mayweather, but his daddy didn't get a belt. 
<laughs> but he's also, um, you know, like, like he's, what is his weight? He's the minimum weight. The only weighs 105 pounds. Yeah, he's tiny. He's tiny. Yeah, but I mean, still, man. So most of his fight have been, uh, he, he's fought exclusively in Thailand his whole career. Yeah. He's a WBC champion, which I think is cool. You know, I yeah. mean, there you go, 15 0 with WBC. It's not like you're just some, you know, uh, pro fighter from somewhere else. I mean, he's a WBC champ. And, uh, you know, the who's who. So be interested because he's still young, too. Oh, right? yeah. He's 32 years old. So he could he could run that run that record up. I was just finding it interesting how some of these guys, because they're not the first ones, or somebody else that went 50, oh, yeah. that, had, that had 50 fights or, oh, well, it was 50, 50 wins, maybe. 50 wins, yeah. Yeah. So. But realistically, that guy has to fight over in Asia because Americans aren't bred to be 105 pounds. Like, you're 105 pounds at 12. Exactly. No, for sure. That's why they're all over there, you know? So Exactly. Like, he has to fight over there, not unless they want to bring in two guys that Americans don't know. But I bet you in Thailand that fight sells out. That's true. Yeah, because the, he's the he's the man. So I got to tell you, though, you know, I was pretty annoyed at first having to pay all this money to get a satellite dish. <laughs> Fucking TV I don't use. I'm on I'm on uh, I'm on with with Shaw trying to get the channels. Yeah, I don't know how, but the guy told me it'd be about 50 bucks a month plus plus the HBO for 15 bucks. Right. Like, yeah. Perfect. Then I get 15 other channels. Fine. Set that shit up. I call in yesterday to get these channels because they're still not hooked up, yeah. right? Because I hadn't done it yet because we were away and whatever. So I call in to get the channels, tell the guy what I want. He's like, well, you're currently playing $89. I'm like, excuse, excuse me? me? And he goes, well, yeah, because you're on the medium package, you're on this, you're on this. I'm like, that motherfucker. So we figure everything out. He's like, oh, you got to be on this one for your to get your free install. I'm like, free install? I had to pay 400 feet of cable to drag it out into the backyard so they could clear the trees, and I got a stand and all this shit shooting the satellite up. But anyway, the guy helps me out, hooks it up. After six months, I actually only pay 50 bucks because they got me on the cheapest package. He did some creative editing. Nice. and put, like, super channel. Basically, I just got the five channels I need or four channels I need, TVA Sports, HBO, um, I think the Fight Network just because, and then uh, Super Channel. That's yeah. it. You got, got all those the TSNs, four, right? And then like no, like yeah, and then like no, no channels. Yeah, I got the TSN one, two, three, and four. Yeah, and um, or five or whatever. And then uh, yeah, it's like fifty-four bucks. Then I'm like, all right, this is bad. But anyway, I programmed, did the did the PVR, and then sitting down watching it this morning, and I was like, fuck, I'm gonna be addicted to TV again. I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like all I, all I did, was, I all I did was watch the boxing though. Man, I'm not gonna get on there. But then Benjamin was excited because. He loves watching. He loves basketball. Loves playing NBA. Yeah, yeah. You know, or watching NBA. And so he's over at my dad's last night. And they're talking about NBA. He's like, "Can I stay here to watch the game?" I'm like, "You know, you can watch it at our house now too." He's like, "Oh yeah," because they forget that we even have it because they yeah. don't watch it, right? So I'm trying to keep it that way because we've been out in the yard playing like crazy. It's so nice out here. Yeah, so yeah. getting a lot of yard work done. And so, but. did you watch the fight before the Jacobs fight? I didn't. You should no, watch it. I, it I did. Good. I, I will. Yeah, I did. I fast forwarded it because I was just. Um, I, I had a lot of stuff I wanted to get done, and we ended up having a lot of extra people sleeping over last night. So I didn't. I didn't end up watching the uh, the fight. So we couple, were we were playing out in the yard till till late, and then a couple of new girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rin, Rin and her girl slept over, and they were all snuggling up. Kids all. Yeah. Like another adult. 
No, 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 you had a three-way, nice, good for you. No, 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 nothing like that, man, no, 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 she's on the couch with one girl, uh, one of the other ones slept in Amelia's bed, and uh, they had a little snuggle up, and Benjamin was his own, and I was downstairs, and so it was good, I woke up, had pancakes this morning, and it's like one big happy family. Hey, kind of. at the Costco, like you shop at Costco, right? Oh, yeah. So they have a pancake mix there, and it's a protein pancake mix. It's called Power Cakes. Okay. But you should get it. It's good. It's full. How protein's it made with? It's 100% vegan. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> no, I know it's not. But, yeah, watch the big baby fight, because big baby's legit, and he called out, like, Wilder and Joshua, too, after, so... It's uh, there's some there's some heavy hitters in the in the heavyweight division, but the guy he fought was fucking tough. Took some. Bombs. I'll watch it tonight. Took we'll talk about it later. Because we got a bunch of fights that are be going going to be going on this weekend. We've got the uh, the up and cover series. We got Triple G. Who else is fighting? There's another one. I I texted them to you. I can't remember now. But there's a lot like it. There's a lot of boxing that goes on that we don't even fucking know about. I watch it all. But uh Who the fuck is fighting? Cocklicker. Ryan Garcia versus Jason Valles. Yeah, that's a good fight. That's Friday. Yeah, triple G fight and then um Showbox oh. is next Friday. And then Lomachenko. and then Lomachenko. Yeah. Lomachenko and Lenny Ayers is legit. Mm-hmm. So, I know you'll be excited to watch Lomachenko. You love him. Well, we can we can get the fuck off of this one, and we can go talk to Kevin the Soul Assassin Ross as a pre-recorded thing. Um, the audio is a little bit choppy on it. I don't know what the fuck was going on. Not on our end, on on Kevin's end a little bit, but uh, there we we always got to have the the first guest of the year on. We don't really matter. It doesn't really matter what the audio is like. You can still see his face on the YouTube. Um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, you can go over to www.tsolpodcast.com. All our email information and, and social media shits over there. Um, I'm at bad guy boxing and then there's a spice of life podcast on Facebook. Uh, what's your, what's your horny the vegan Duke underscore the du- yeah, horny vegan.com, uh, the Duke underscore spicer on Instagram. And then of course you can follow us at the spice of life podcast on Instagram and um check it out especially over the next six weeks while we troll simon keen as much as possible almost every fucking day because fuck that guy quebec fans that we got in here we love you guys um we know you give mad love to the boogeyman so keep that up keep him hungry he knows he's coming home and uh gonna gonna throw down to uh you know become the rightful son of quebec Oh, quick story about Simon Keen. I sent him a message yesterday after I, I tagged him in a meme. I said, Simon, why do you hate me so much? He responds back, because you're a dirty slut. <laughs> I love Simon. <laughs> well, all right, guys, Kevin Ross. Welcome back to the Spice Life Podcast. Today on the show, we've got a very special guest. 
He was the guest of the year in 2017. He also has a big fight coming up. He's the Bellator kickboxing champion. It's Kevin, the Soul Assassin Ross. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, Kevin? Now, what is this picture we have in the background over here? Did you draw? Did you paint that? No, some old thing. Uh, I think my dad had it made for some TV show he was doing way back in like the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> well. I thought I was going to get an interesting response from that, but it didn't happen. Right. I should have made something up for you. <laughs> there you go. So, so, Kevin, you've got you've got a huge fight coming up with uh, in Bellator with Gabriel Varga. You guys have wanted to fight for a long time. Uh, yeah, this is yeah, I remember July. Back in the amateur days, we were kind of talking about a, a possible matchup, and uh, you know, kind of followed him a little bit back then, and you know, it's, it's been a long time coming. So when when will you head out to Rome? Um, I don't know. Probably like early early in the week, uh, the week of the fight. I usually get out there like Monday or Tuesday when the fight's on Saturday. It's a it's a very interesting fight because you guys have been kind of top of the food chain in that weight class forever now. Like I've known Gabriel for probably 10 or 12 years like when i lived in victoria i was at zuma martial arts and he was at island mma as a as an amateur kickboxer and everybody's talking oh gabriel's the shit i was like all right yeah. well i've never seen him that's cool but uh but this is one of the most anticipated kickboxing fights this year 100 percent. yeah you seem super excited yeah yeah uh, it, it's nice to finally be getting in there with someone uh that I look forward to, to fighting, you know, I mean, I've had, you know, I'm always excited to fight, but, uh, this is a different reaction. Well, that whole answer cut out on my end. I have no idea what you said. <laughs> I said, yeah, things are cool. <laughs> <laughs> so when when they present you with a fight, like I know that you guys, this fight's been talked about for a long time. But what what actually gets exciting for you about fighting Gabriel Varga? Uh, well, I mean, one one it being a high level person, um, as well as uh, stylistically a person that I enjoy watching fight. I mean, those are the, those are the people that I like to get in there with. It's people that I actually enjoy watching fight. Uh, you know, I mean, I've been in there with. I don't watch when they fight because they bore me. Not to say that they're not good, but they just—they're uh, not my kind of fighter, you know. So, so when I'm in there with someone similar to me, uh, like Yamato, like Thompson, guys like that, those were always my favorite ones, win or lose, because because I'm in, I'm enjoying it just as much as everybody else. Well, Luke is a kickboxing guy, so I kind of want to get his input on why this uh, this fight is so anticipated. It's like it's like Kevin's already said. I mean, you guys have been at the top of the the food chain for your weight divisions for quite a while, and the the fact that you guys haven't fought um, ever is is kind of amazing, actually. I mean, you fought the who's who of Muay Thai and, and kickboxing, and and so is Gabriel. And the fact you guys haven't crossed paths um, until now is it's cool. But at least both of you guys are still at your prime. It's not like we're waiting on some of these super fights where it's like one guy is way past or or you know, whatever, you guys are still both right there. So it, it'll be it'll be really interesting to watch. Do you know if this is going to be on the Bellator 
pay-per-view or if they're showing it that day or are they tape delaying it for a week? Have they said I, anything yet? I, I'm not sure, actually. Um, I know, like, the last few they've been doing um, live, liver, anyway, uh, as opposed to that, that week-long layoff uh, in between. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping this one will be live or at least, you know, that, that same day where we're not having to wait to see it, but, but I'm not positive. I also noticed that Gabriel's videos, he's been growing his hair out too. He's got his mullet going on, getting ready for this fight. You've got your hairdo going on. Um, you know, you said you're just lazy, but I think you're, you're going to surprise us with something. You never know. You know, uh, sometimes I get some ideas and then sometimes I'm just like, screw it, which is a nice option to have. I think we're going to see purple in it. I like the purple. I like purple idea. It's good. Yeah, I like purple too. I think I've seen purple in your hair before in the past. Maybe yeah, one one time uh, that was my comeback fight against uh, Chris um, several years ago. So yeah, I have a good memory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you fought not too long ago, and what was? Well, I guess it was probably a while ago at this point. Um, so time for me it seems like forever. Yeah, but uh, what was the outcome of that fight? I believe you dropped a decision, correct? Yeah, I lost a split decision. Um, I had to go up and wait for that fight. Um, so we fought at like, I think it was a 151. Um, so yeah, he was a lot bigger than me. Uh, which, you know, it's just an added thing. And, you know, I didn't really feel like myself there. He, he had a really good style. And just kind of gave me different rhythm, different timing, height and everything. It was still, still a good fight. I just didn't do nothing. Well, it's always good to get in there anyway and and, yeah. and keep fresh. If you hadn't have taken that fight, you would have had a seriously long layoff. Yeah, I mean, then that that's really what it was about. It was like I, I, I didn't care about going up and wait. I just wanted to stay busy. And, you know, it's kind of what I had to do. So, uh, you know, I want to I be in there as much as possible. I mean, even, even fighting regularly now is only like four fights a year. Yeah. You gotta stay active and keep all of your um your your tools sharp because you never know when your girlfriend will just reach out and, and slap you like on the social media there the other day. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's really why I train is just so to you know, stay safe. <laughs> yeah. That was some funny shit the other day. You gotta keep your hands up around her, she hits hard. You don't gotta tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, how's how's the book sale going? Great, really great. Uh, just got a new shipment, of like four hundred more. Um, I'm actually trying to uh, to write another one. Um, go back to like the beginning of my career, or, or right before I started training. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd like to kind of go throughout my career. You know, the different. Uh, crazy stories and journeys I've had, the different fights. And uh, I think I mentioned it before, I plan on doing a, a series of books um, that eventually you could all put together into one book. But uh, So this Sanchai fight is kind of in the middle of my career, or towards the, the second half of my career anyway. Um, so I'm, gonna, I'm trying to go back to the, the beginning, kind of give people an idea of how I started, where I came from, you know, you know and, all, and that kind of thing. But uh, 
doing that as well as, as trying to send all these out and, and deal with that and, and train and everything, it's it's it takes its, its toll, you know, and uh, I'm doing what I can. But it keeps me pretty busy. So you get the, uh, the, the, the photo so that make a hard copy so that when all the books are done, it can be it can be a photo, your yeah. infamous meme photo. That should be what's on the side of the, the book, I think. Yeah, that, that's a badass photo, man. I don't care. Like, I know it's been made into a meme, but it's like that shows some serious grit and determination, you know, from from overcoming that for that fight. Yeah. You know, so I think that would be cool. And then when you get Sancho, it would be just right in the middle. And then it would yeah. just expand out as you get the, the book thing. That's a good idea. Well, I hope that happens. Now, this time, I'm at, because you contacted me last time when you had the books in. I'm an idiot, and it was Christmas time, and I forgot. So <laughs> this time, I'm going to buy one. <laughs> well, I can't keep track, so I definitely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> well. You, I, you sent me a message, and it was Christmas, and I was like, oh, shh. And oh, then yeah. it was February. By the time I messaged you back, I was like, fuck, do you still have the book? No, they're all gone. <laughs> all <right. laughs> where can where can people order that book if they're listening or watching? Uh, so I actually got a website going now uh, to make it a lot easier. It's thesoulassassin.com. Because um, before I was doing everything through social media, and it was impossible just to keep track of the books as well as everyone else that messages me and stuff. So we got this site just, just for that. And now, now I got my, my shirts and things like that on there as well as like I transferred my blogs over to that. So kind of that, that's just where everything I have now is. So soulassassin.com. There's a, you go to like think merchandise. That's where the book is. I think we got it hooked up now to where you can just buy them right off of that as opposed to being on the wait list and stuff. So that just started. So I think, Nice. It's always helpful to have a website where you, because like, I take it that you're actually like packaging and shipping all these books personally. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I know. You you couldn't just get like an intern that you don't have to pay. Um. Well, I actually just uh hired my sister to help me out. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So yeah, she's gonna she's gonna be helping me. So that's gonna take some of the weight off. The problem is like so much of the the stuff I do. Like for me to delegate it to someone would actually cause me more work, you know what I mean? So, so it's it, it, it's tough, but but I, I can't really have someone help me because I still have to tell them exactly what to do, when to do it, how to do it, what I need, and I might as well just do it myself. I'm sure it'll get to a point one day that that I can't, but uh, right now it's just it's just easier for me to do it myself. It's a it's a lot of work. Like I I started a clothing line. And uh, uh-huh. to keep up with that kind of nonsense, along with like training three times a day, and then trying to eat and fiddle around with my wife and play with my kid, packaging stuff. And so I, I have a place that does it for me now. I just the hell with it. Like I can't be running to the damn post office every ten minutes to ship a hat or a t-shirt. Yeah, right. Stupid. Well, when you use one of those drop ship companies or something like that too, you can help with with shipping because they ship so much too, right? Like yeah. I know when I clicked on and and I was looking and clicking on everything the last time figuring it out, and I was like, I gotta talk and figure it out because I think they wanted to charge because we're out we're in Canada. It was yeah. like thirty five bucks or something was the click price for shipping. I was like, fuck me. I was like that. That's insane. I was like, I got to talk to him and find out who's shipping that book. Because I said, if it goes to Kevin, that's fine. But my God, that's more than the book was. So I was like, can't yeah. be doing that. Yeah. Well, it's tough, too, because like like single single shipments of things through through like the post office and stuff. It's like 
it, it's crazy how much it costs, you know, to, to ship overseas or, or not even overseas, even to Canada. Like, I don't, I don't really understand why it's so expensive um, to get there. I mean, I know with the customs and stuff and that kind of thing, they have to, uh, you got to pay for it. So, I don't know. I got to find a kind of better way so so people don't have to pay so much to get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not cheap to send to the States. Like when I first started sending hats and T-shirts, it cost me like $17 to send something to California. I've got yeah. it whittled down to a nice $7 now. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So there's a thing in Canada you can sign up for if you're going to be shipping a lot, and then they give you a heavy yeah. discount, which is nice. Okay, yeah, I probably need to look into something like that. I don't know how there, it works. Send, send a hat to Kevin in a big package, and then he can slip two books in it, and then say, wrong address, return to sender, and then it'll get sent back there, and we won't have to pay for the weight of the books. Yeah, that's a good idea. Well, Kevin, Kevin's a bad guy, so I might send him one of these hats. Nice, there man. That was a dope. He might wear it. Uh, so in the mail, we actually sent you a nifty trophy. Oh, yeah. What'd that you, was cool. What would you do with that? I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got it. I got it. I'm not home right now. I'm, I'm actually in Vegas right now. But, yeah, I got it up on my shelf. Nice. That was cool. Appreciate it. Oh, are you training down there or just a holiday? Yeah, yeah well, both. Uh, I'm out here visiting my sister. Uh, I'm just here for the week. Um, but yeah, getting training in and out here as well. So do you have your own room there? Like, like, oh, like... My, my sister, she she lives out here. She's got she has her room. I usually stay with her. Chaz is out here too, so I got a lot of people I can crash with as opposed to having to like uh, get a hotel room or something. It's always handy. It's always... I'm having to pay for pay for stuff that you don't really need to. Yeah, it's nice. I mean, I know people everywhere, so it makes traveling a lot easier. So, uh, what is what's next? Like, how soon is this fight? July fourteenth. We're like ten. We'll be ten weeks out Saturday. So two days. We'll be ten weeks out. That's pretty quick. That's not long. Ten weeks. Ten weeks goes by like that. Yeah, except when you've been waiting what four months now since my last one. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean now now we're finally in a point where you know it's like all right now it's go time so i'm really like you know i've been training this whole time but uh now i'm really like ramping it up and getting a lot more specific about that kind of it's nice so being 10 weeks out like when does camp actually start for you like i know a lot of guys will do a six or an eight week camp or are you just ready all the time i mean i'm i'm ready all the time i regardless of what's going on i i always keep myself in a position to where i can relatively take a fight at at, any, at a moment's notice you know and i never get so out of shape where i need like two months you know i, I mean I, I could i could take a fight in a week or two regardless of what's going on um, um but yeah like the last i'd say eight weeks always is eight six to eight weeks is definitely like i'm like sprinting 100 percent. everything's full. even right now it's you know i'm just just taking my time getting back in so I don't burn myself out too much, um, but still hitting it really hard. And, and just, just that's what's difficult for me is finding that balance because I always just push it as hard as I can. You know, I know it's been a time like this where I got all this, these weeks to work with. It, it can be a bad thing if I'm going too far, too far out. So yeah. what's been tough with, with these breaks in between these fights is, is finding that timeline to ready to go come fight time not show out 
So, like, for a guy like, like you that's been in the game this long, like, you're used to fighting back to back to back all the time. Does it yeah. get discouraging when you have to wait four, six, eight months to, to get a fight? And Yeah. Yeah. Extreme, extremely discouraging. Uh, even more so when I don't know for sure when that next one is. You know, it's like, it's one thing. It's like, hey, your next one's not going to be for six months. All right, I'm going to go on vacation and, like, chill for a bit. You know, but but when you don't know, you you can't take advantage of that time because it could be next month for all I know. You know what I'm saying? So so I still have to train the same regardless of how much time I have left if I don't know the exact date of when that's going to be. So that makes that makes things tough, and that it, it's a little discouraging. And it's kind of the good and the bad with with being signed to one company is like you know uh, if I wasn't, I could just go get a fight somewhere else. I could go fly off to Thailand and fight tomorrow. Um, but with this, I can't do that. Um, you know, it's a, but it, it's nice, you know, fighting for a, a great company like Bellator and having that. Um, but you're also not fighting as regularly, and you know, the, you gotta take the big fights as opposed to just whatever. You just answered my question, I think, because yeah. Gabriel, like like a while ago, Gabriel was still fighting over in China and a bunch of other yeah. stuff to to stay active. So he's yeah. you you have a different contract in place then with Bellator like you are uh, exclusive no, with no, them? I actually um I can fight other places as well um but like I said I most of the times I haven't known um about these long breaks because of you know like last year I had that nine month layoff but that's because the card got canceled and then this time um I could have fought uh, last month but it, it was going to be just another random dude you know done too much of that already it's been like work yeah so now I'm, I'm at a point where it's like do is it better to take a break or is it better to stay busy what's the pros and the cons to both this was another thing it's like yeah i want to stay busy but do i want to get in there again just a random person who has everything to gain and i have everything regardless just to stay busy like of course i want to is it yeah it would be different if it was if it was somebody just to stay busy but it was on a belt or card and it was one of their guys where they're saying hey you know we want you to fight this guy we think that he's earned a spot and at least there you're like fine i'll i'll beat his ass and then you still stay in the thing and then it's still yeah. a decent decent exposure and you know assume a decent payday and all that kind of stuff different than yeah. just some small show to to have a sparring match. Right, right. Well, I think taking some of those fights in Bellator 2 is a little dangerous sometimes because the guys are good, but yeah. for I don't know who the heck they are. Right? Yeah. The guy that John Wayne Parr just fought, no idea who he was, but he was yeah. he was legit. Yeah, we were just, we were just discussing this yesterday uh, with a buddy of mine. It's like the last guy I fought, he had way more fights than I do, but most people never heard of him. Really? You know, and he very high level guy, really quality guy. So again, you're in a situation where you are fighting high level people who nobody knows about. So on paper, it looks like you should just dominate this person when they don't realize, you know, they, that person might actually be better than you or more experienced than you, you know, yeah. or a different weight class than you. <laughs> you know, those things don't get like brought up that much while, while it's going on. So, so people can only take in what they see and what, what is shown to them. Most people don't know the, the backstory of, of everything that they're just, you know, kind of ignorant to what's really happening. 
Like, when I tune into a Bellator card, like I know a couple names on the card, like I'll know you, or I'll know Gabriel, or I'll know John Wayne Parr. Who, like, those are the big names that I know that are involved in the company. And that, who's yeah. that other guy? Uh, he fought on the last one. He's awesome. Shit, I forget his name. Raymond <sighs> Daniels. Oh yeah, Daniels. Yeah, he's good. But I watched the whole card because I made the mistake by not watching all the fights before and missed something really cool. Yeah. yeah. So I watched the whole thing. That's a good thing about Bellator is they, uh, they always have quality matchups on there. It's not like they're just throwing out filler fights, which, which most promotions do that. Um, so usually you can just skip right over all the, the undercard fights and things like that. But, but uh, Bellator is one of the ones. I mean, I go in there and watch the amateurs fight. Yeah. So when you deal with uh with Bellator, do you deal with Scott Coker directly? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've known Scott for over 10 years. Uh, it, it's no rumor, but everybody that's in combat sports says Scott Coker's the best promoter on the planet. Hands down without a, not even he's not even in a a league with anybody else. He's so far above what you can even uh, consider a, a good promoter like <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous it, it it's so ridiculous it almost seems like like something's wrong like it's fake or something like, <laughs> like i said I, i've known him for so long it's just it's it's crazy but but when you see the you know it's like the differences of, of an amateur and then the highest uh, fighter in the world there's, yeah. there's levels to this and there's levels to everything unfortunately he was a he was a savage on Twitter after the whole Conor McGregor incident, right? He put that tweet out, and he's like, hey, Conor, there's always a place for you over here. I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of the guys uh, going over there. Um, it's, it's, it's just a different approach and mentality when you're fighting for a promoter who has your best interest in mind. Yeah. He at least knows that we're in this together, you know, as opposed to just being a as soon as you want so you kind of get that sense um, that feeling to, from everybody and you can feel it like at the fans and stuff and just the, 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 the energy that's in the air between everybody it's like we you know kind of you feel like you're part of something yeah it, it, which is so I feel like Scott Coker's a fighters promoter not the promotions promoter like he'll he'll go to war for the fighters and kind of get them what they need as opposed to uh, as as much as I hate to say it, more of like a, a UFC mentality where they're yeah. where they're for the promotion. Yeah, and I mean he really is one of the only, he literally the only one I've ever known, um, ever uh, that is like that, and it's it's kind of sad, but uh, at least there's one. Hey, if more more promoters out there modeled themselves after Scott Coker, combat sports would be a, probably a better place at this point right now. I tend yeah, to agree on that. Yeah, for sure. So, have you been doing any painting, any art? Nah, I mean, I'm always doing like a little bit of art here and there, sketches and stuff. But, but I haven't done any any real projects or, or pieces. Uh, I need to though. But uh, you know, it's one of those things. Like sometimes I'm struck with something that I really want to do and feel the need to do, and, and other times I'm not. So that's not something I can really uh, force. You know, sometimes it shows up and sometimes it doesn't. So nothing's nothing's popped up yet. But uh, I'm like itching to do something. I just haven't had uh, inspiration enough or anything. Kevin, did I talk to you about CBD therapy last time we talked on here? You're asking the wrong person. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember Maybe either. 
<laughs> well, I feel like you mentioned it. Probably yeah. did, but I'll just throw in a cheap plug right now. Guys, the podcast today is brought to you by Buds and Leaves. Uh, one of my favorite products from Buds and Leaves is the spray from Smile. This is a CBD extract spray. It's discreet. You spray it in your mouth like that old school breast spray back in the day. People thought they were slick pulling that shit out of their pockets and spray it in your mouth. Now you can be slick again and nice. fix your injuries. That's dope. Yeah. I like. I don't know if you use CBD or anything like yeah. that, but uh, oh, yeah. But I'm a I'm a big advocate for it. I use it on a daily basis. Yeah, man. Kevin, Kevin needs down. the. Kevin needs the. Uh, the Buddha stick too. Then he does need the Buddha stick. Mine's out in the living room. The Buddha stick's like, uh, it's kind of like a deodorant thing, but you don't put it on your armpits. You put it on your injuries. So it's just a. It's like oh, yeah. Yeah, it's still I like it. I, I hurt my hand last night and it doesn't hurt right now, which is kinda nice, but I I layered the Buddha stick on there, rubbed it in real good last night. And it doesn't Do hurt. Do they much. have like a uh Buddha shower cause or a bath? Because that's what I need, like everything's jacked. We could probably get like a whole bunch of it and melt it down and just throw you in the tub. <laughs> It'd be like that <laughs> shit like, from that movie. Like a new person. Yeah. It'll be like that assassin movie with uh, yeah. what's her what's her name and and uh, Samuel Jackson where they just like get in that bath and they wake up and everything's yeah. good again. It'll be like that. Oh, I need that so bad. You sore from training? Is that what it is? I'm just sore from life, man. You're in Vegas, man. There's lots of good places to get rubbed down there. You can get all massaged up and stuff. And... Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I've been fortunate to have a lot of. Uh, uh, good physical therapy people and masseuses and chiropractors and all that stuff. They're like, that's what's kept me in this game as long as I have, but, but you still can only do so much. Well, I feel, I feel like sports recovery is a 24 hour a day job. Like I get up in the morning, you stretch, then you put on the shit that makes you feel good. And then you go beat yourself up and then you go find the person that's going to fix that problem. And then you go do it all over again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a full time job just staying healthy. But how much fun do you have? All the fun. See, it's worth it. <laughs> I'm not complaining at all. You know, it's, it's I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't do anything else until I'm I'm done. You know. I know if I couldn't punch people in the face on a daily basis, life would be a lot worse. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Yeah, I I would I would be you know all those times I uh, I was injured and had to take breaks from the gym and stuff like I could sense just that like anger and, and hostility build. I'm like I don't know how people get through the day and you know it's it's a it's amazes me that people aren't just out there like blowing each other's heads off. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing that it doesn't happen more often. You know, I'm surprised there's not more real clubs like Fight Club just popping up around the the world, right? Where guys can come in and just train and and beat each other up just so that they can get some frustration out. You know, I mean, seriously, yeah. it was su it's such a good idea. I mean, it is. We saw a lot of that. What's that guy's name, Tanner, from the gym that we used to train with, where he would just come in, an older guy, right? Like, I mean, I say older, he's in his forties, and uh, he would just come in, and everybody would just pound on him and he'd just walk forward with all the pro fighters and just take take an ass kick in and he just fucking loved it like it was just it was the weirdest thing i mean he was starting to get good what's his name his name's joel joel yeah he had cancer and everything didn't even tell anybody no he was at the gym just that was his that was his uh mental you know fix and yeah joel would just walk down punches and kicks in his face and keep going and you're just like joel like 
I'm gonna hit you if you keep coming forward, man. Like you gotta, you gotta step back. <laughs> yeah, it's very therapeutic, definitely. Uh, I, I, I think, I think everyone needs it at, at some level um, to hit and to be hit, uh, at least a little bit, or at least to know, experience it once, once or twice. You know, it's people really have no idea what it, what it's like, and then you know what, what it can do for you uh, as a person. You know, I think it uh, it really clears out all the static that, that we uh, let in our minds and in our bodies. You know, it, it, it has a way to uh, uh, simplify everything and make make things clear. Well, I know for myself, I like to get cracked in the head like real hard every once in a while. Just just to bring me back down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your feet on the ground. Yeah, let's just let's just calm down here a little bit. Let's stop making memes about fucking Conor McGregor online. And uh, <laughs> but it's a it's a different thing now. Luke is in a different boat now because he's retired from professional fighting now, and he's now a bodybuilder. Oh yeah, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? It's not very good. Uh, <laughs> You know, it's interesting as you talk about that stuff, though. It was hard, man, to get – like, I had I had three three fights fall through last year, a week before the fight. So I went yeah. through three full fight camps, and they both canceled. So I went a whole year. I haven't fought. And, you know, talking to everybody, we're going into summertime. It's busy again for my, my, uh, my two other businesses. And I'm like, man, I can't afford another six months. You know, we were in talks with Lion Fight and stuff to fight in, in July or possibly in October. And it's like, I can't keep doing this. And I had always said when I retired from fighting, I would do a bodybuilding show. I just really want, because that was always the struggle for me was eating. I'm like, you can yeah. get in, you can, you don't need to have abs to knock a guy out and look good. As long as you knock him out, you still look good. So it was just, it was something for me, a personal challenge. I've always been about, you know, challenging myself. So I said, yeah, I'll make the switch. And as you're talking about getting in, being in the gym and, and I'm like, yeah, I missed that. But before that, when you were talking about being sore, it just dawned on me. I'm like, I'm I'm a fucking I feel good. I haven't been to no physio. I've been to no massage place. I'm like, there's nothing that aches on me. I'm like, other than my elbow from one of the last times I sparred, I missed the guy, and yeah. uh, that was the last time I sparred, and I got dropped right after that. And and uh, you know we went at it even more, and it was like, yeah, I'm. I got offered to come, you know, do some sparring on the weekend, and I was like. Nah, man, I'm busy. I'm I'm good, you know. And so I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I should try it. Yeah, go for it, man. You, you should <laughs> try because you'll probably get lit up at this point too. You've been out for so long. Oh wow, it's been like two months. Yeah. If you do go do uh, it, so videotape said, it. Well, that's the thing, though, is the guys that I've been sparring with, like, like they're getting ready for nationals right now, right? Like for or for world, sorry, for the amateur. Uh, Muay Thai World World Championships down in Mexico, so they're they're in like full fight cap mode, and I mean I'm gonna be a fucking punching bag if I go down there, like Perfect. even regularly, even if I was training, you know. So it's like I said, I gotta go to one of the smaller gyms first and get some practice rounds in before I go up to Edmonton and and fight with some killers. So <laughs> you can come up here and do boxing rounds with me. Yeah, that, how's that gonna help me with a Muay Thai matchup? It's not. My biggest fear, like, do you, well, I mean, see, you're still active, right? So when, when, when you're off of it for so long and then you go back to the gym and you have some really good sessions and you're like, fuck, maybe I should come out of retirement again. That's what I'm worried about. That's, that's the problem, man. That's, that's, that's the hard part. Uh, you know, you, you get that glimpse 
and you know yeah yeah they gotta do it or, or not you got you gotta kind of make that decision especially if you can physically still do it um you know it's 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 different too because just because you feel good doesn't mean you're gonna feel good in an actual fight yeah well that too you can kind of have a skewed uh, per- perspective of where you're at, where you're at now just because you, your body feels better you know me uh me and eddie were talking the other day it's like yeah when i'm off like i feel really great like my body doesn't hurt but i'm like yeah you're also doing almost nothing of course your body feels great you're not you're not trying to take it to a 10 anymore now you're down at like a two yeah so it's like yeah, yeah movement feels good my back doesn't hurt i'm like yeah but you're basically just standing or sitting now not, uh, running around <laughs> of course your body feels great. <laughs> yeah but it's a it's a hard thing to come back from a long layoff. Like Kevin, you you've been injured before. I've been injured. Luke, you're retarded. Like, mm-hmm. So it's a it's a hard thing to come back from a long layoff, especially getting back into that that routine of doing things. Now, I don't know how many times a day you train, Kevin, but I'm guessing it's more than once. It's it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. But to jump off of that that routine and then come back is hard. Yeah, it's it's. It, particularly when you realize like where you're at and where you need to get to, it's like I don't want to do this anymore. That like that for me, that was one of the toughest parts. After I blew my knee out, it's like I got to a point where I could walk again and and function. Um, but like to see how long it took just to get there, and then to look at the, the where that next level was, I'm like I don't know. Like I really I really understood why so many people only heal to a certain degree and just yeah. just quit because it's like. It's not worth it. So I'm doing that thing right now because I've had two knee surgeries in the last year. I'm able to go into the gym now and put in work. But last week I was doing ladder drills, like footwork drills on the ground, and my knee blew up. Like it it was huge. And I was like, oh, fuck. God damn it. I'm going to have to go in and do another one. But I iced it up. And the swelling went down, and it hasn't bugged me since. But I got super nervous about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary man but it's part of the game totally yes. it is i mean you gotta you gotta have that i mean you, you're gonna get sore but it's like what you said too right if you're going to go and and you know train and then you're like well how do you feel in a fight right and you'll you'll push through that in a fight you know if you can i mean if you blow your knee no but you know these little tweaks and little injuries but then you get tagged when you're sparring or something you're like oh you know you don't know but then you flick that switch you're like okay we're fighting i'll get through the rest of the rounds and then you get home and you're like fuck, why did I do those eight other rounds after I already hurt myself? Like, now my hand really hurts, you know, or my leg or my shin or whatever else, so. Yeah. When you're when you're sparring and getting ready for a fight, Kevin, how hard are you sparring? Nowadays, not at all, you know. Uh, back back when I was first getting started, was, I was fighting every day for, for years, for years and years. Um, the longer I've been doing this, the, the smarter I've gotten, the more technical. I've gotten, yeah. you know, relaxed, and my ability to, to keep my my sharpness and everything doesn't have so much to do with just just going out there fighting, yeah, um, like it used to. You know, I, I I do feel there's a need for that to some extent. You know, learning how to take take and give punishment as well as you know cover and all and all those things are, are very important. Um, but the longer you do this, it's like you know you know where that is you know it doesn't it doesn't take long to get that you don't need to constantly like uh check that yeah you know so much more uh technical work these days i mean even my hard sessions are probably half of what they used to be 
Um, you know, unless I just feel like I need to like go in there and go, you know, <laughs> I will have those. And it's like, yeah, I, I need that hard push. Um, you know, and I need you guys trying to like mess me up. Yeah. So like come come in there and, and, and take me out and I need to be able to, to survive that. Like a lot of times I do that on, uh, my shark tank and stuff where I have like six different guys, uh, rotating in on me every 30 seconds or a minute. I'm like, you guys got to try to make me quit. Yeah. You know, and and for me, I just flip that around. I'm like, I'm going to make all of you quit because <laughs> that's the kind of mentality you have to have. I'm like, there's no way you're going to make me quit. I don't care how fresh you are. I, like, I need to make you feel like I should feel like I'm the one dying. Like, I want to make you feel your own 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. Well, those you know, we never tank. did. Go ahead. What's that? Say? We, did, we did a Shark Tank thing on, on my buddy Tim there not long ago when he's getting ready for his last fight. Already. But because there wasn't enough guys to spar with him, I was the only guy. His, uh, his his other, basically his main training partner and coach, who's still actually about 30 pounds lighter than him. He's technically so good, and he's actually way, way better. Um, you know, he can still push the pace, but it's still not the same, right? I mean, when you're 185 fighting a guy that's 155. It's yep. so different. So he actually held pads. So he yep. held pads for a minute, and Tim was cracking the pads, and then we sparred for a minute. Or, no, it was 30 seconds. He did 30 seconds of pads. Then we sparred for a minute, then 30 seconds of pads, then sparred for a minute. So I actually had a 30-second rest while he was cracking the pads so that then I could just, you know, come forward again and go really, really hard. It really was kind of neat to see him, you know. And then, of course, they did hard hard shots on the pads, so he's extra tired. It was cool to see his conditioning pull through that. And, you know, because obviously you're hitting way harder on pads and you're going to hit your – even though you're going hard, you're still not hitting the guy that hard when you're sparring him. Yeah, definitely. Kevin, what kind of gear do you use? I I've been having a lot of problems with gloves lately. I've I've had I've been using rival gloves for a really long time, but I don't fucking use them anymore now because it hurt me. But what are you what are you hammering pads with? Uh, I'm actually uh my my like eight ounce eight ten ounce ones. Uh, I actually use the ones I fight in. Um, um, I have these uh, Leones from one of the um, Italy fights, which I really love. Um, sparring and stuff, uh, I actually use the, the, the Triumph gloves, which I love. And I'm like super, I'm probably the pickiest person in the world when it comes to gloves because I've busted my hand so many times. I love, love, love their, uh, those Death Aider, uh, the, those black and, uh, red, um, sparring gloves they got. Those, those are probably my all time favorite gloves I've ever had. Uh, they're, 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 um, lace up, uh, 10 ounce ones are nice too, but, they're a little thin. I, I I really need that 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 firm uh, protection. Um, they just introduced a new line. Um, I don't I don't know what the name of it is, but uh, another another kind of lace up ones that are really nice. But I, I haven't got to work with them much yet. But I'm gonna start trying. I'm kind of picky with gloves too. Some of them are good. Some of them are good for about three days. Yeah. And that some are good for a week, but then some are really like if winning gloves, they're friggin' expensive. They're like four hundred dollars yeah. for a pair of gloves. They're the best on the planet. But I'm not buying four hundred dollar gloves because no, my luck, my dog will eat it or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I think it's one of the things that you think there'd be more quality gloves out there, and that's that's one of the, the harder things to find. Is, you know, the, the gloves that that fit right, that feel right, that don't have to break in for a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, same thing with fighting is is worse because you don't really have a choice. It's like there's the gloves, use them, you know. And some of them like your hands open and like, what do you expect me to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> well, like MMA gloves are the worst because they're all different. 
So like yeah. the UFCs are straight, and then the the old Pride gloves were the best because they had a curve in them where you couldn't poke people in the eyes. But we had a promotion in Canada called MFC. It was run by a gentleman named Mark Pavlich. And those gloves were basically made out of like croc material. Like they were they were terrible. It was basically punching people with bare fists. Yeah. yeah. But, well that sounds great, actually. Well, yeah, it's great if you're throwing the punches as long as you're not getting hit. Don't get hit, man. <laughs> that's the that's the name of the game though, isn't it? Don't get hit. Yeah, that's what I hear. I'm not very good. I was like going for you. Yeah, I'm not either. I got hit too much, too many times. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can wrap this up for today, Kevin. Um, best of luck with your fight. We'll be watching it, obviously. I'm probably going to record it too, so I can watch it again. And then we'll probably talk about it on the show and we'll tell everybody what Gabriel did wrong and why he lost. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. I was going to say, do you have any closing remarks where you can shit talk Gabriel? Because you guys are both so respectful. It's like. <laughs> Maybe we can get Kevin to say something bad. I'm going to tell him that Gabriel said some really nasty stuff about him and then see you, but nobody will believe that shit anyway. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's a really good guy, and I really want to beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any sponsors or anything you want to shout out before you get out of here? Oh, yeah, just the usual monster triumph uh, on it. Um you can get my shorts at Muay Addict, uh, Action Pro Gear, still doing my walkout shirts. Uh, and you can get my book, soulassassin.com, and that's got all that's got links to all of uh, my sponsors on there as well. So okay. Chopper. Is it The Soul Assassin or is it The Soul yeah. Assassin? It's not like your Instagram. I got it, got it, I got it right this time. <laughs> I was actually I was super surprised it was even available. I, I, like, I, I felt like I had checked before and. You know, my, my buddy was hooking this site up for me. He's like, yeah, I got this. I'm like, how did you get that? I don't understand. He's like, I don't know. He's there. I feel like that's something that somebody would have bought when the internet first started, like thesoulassassin.com. Yeah. It's pretty simple, but it's a good yeah. it's a good URL. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not getting rid of it ever. Yeah, I would keep that until the end of time. <laughs> All right, Kevin. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Thanks, and, Kevin. Uh, hopefully yeah, we thanks can, for having me. Hopefully we can connect with you after the fight again. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, my man. That's good. Have a great time in Vegas. I will. Thank you. Bye. Later.